And that's the sound of a cool, refreshing episode of Bopper Flop. Mm-hmm. That's right. Coming to you live. We are being sponsored tonight by uh, Kirkland Seltzer. You know, we love some good Kirkland Seltzers. I also got like a Kirk... It wasn't even Kirkland. It was LaCroix Sparkling Waters. It was actually cheaper than the Costco brand what? at Costco. Yeah. <sighs> but they were weird, wackadoo flavors, so you had to really take that risk. Like, oh, like what? I, I don't... Um, I, like for me, a coconut is... I know. Guava uh, <laughs> Sao Paulo. Wow, okay, Brazil. Yeah, and there's this other really wackadoo flavors, but they don't taste bad. They taste good. Well, sometimes you have to take a risk for a low price. Um, you know who I... I know that this is kind of out there and mm-hmm. the whole thing, but mm-hmm. um, one of the, the not sponsors, but someone that I do want to be giving a quick shout-out to before we begin is, did you know that Grant Newsom and his partner, is Sam... Mm. They're starting a um, a coffee business. I did see that via the Indiegogo campaign. Indiegogo campaign. Their um, their thing. Their their coffee brand is called Park Pass Coffee, mm-hmm. and it's all kind of about the national parks. It gives back to the national parks. It's two queer guys here in Minneapolis. Very outdoorsy queer. So we're gonna be putting in the the podcast description this week. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. The, the link to their Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. Feel free to buy a, a bag, of, bag of beans or maybe a full year's worth. Have to say, the branding, top notch. They, I would expect nothing Crushed less from Grant, it. though. Crushed you know, it. like he's, he's that kind of guy. That's right. He is, so for those that don't know, he is the, also the founder of Feta Alpha Gamma, or one of the co-founders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a clothing brand and almost turned into a lifestyle brand. Oh, I wish. I would have loved a, a fag candle. Well, there was, there was, they started to do fag parties. Oh, that's right. I remember. But like the best part about it, I think what the most ingenious part was, was it was the letter F and then it was the Delta symbol and then like a G or something. And like in terms of fraternity letters and all Mm -hmm. that whole bullshit, Mm -hmm. it like, it just kind of made fun of the whole thing because A is, Alpha is not Delta, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And feta is a type, I think it's meant to like a type of cheese, like feta. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it all works. It's all nonsense at the end of the day. Which, speaking of nonsense, we have quite an album to review. <laughs> speaking of nonsense, that's right. We're here today uh, reviewing a real wacky artiste uh, on the pod. We're, we're reviewing um, the album Fosora. Fosara. That's probably right. By um, by Bjork. But before we the go legend. much further, we we gotta bring in probably one of the more anticipated <laughs> guests. I would say lowest hanging fruit of any guest possible. Someone who semi regularly would say, "Hey, you haven't been on the podcast yet." I'd say. Like this. This is We're at the level waiting. of like. I mean, if we called Prairie uh, a guest. On yeah. an episode, mm-hmm. the guest that we have today is Simon. Your your BF. Some would say lover, lover, <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, Shout out, Eric Van Oss. Eric, welcome to the pod. Finally, <laughs> hello. Thank you for having me. Are you um, so excited? I'm beyond excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Simon, particularly for this album, for the mm-hmm. for this album in particular. Yeah. Simon, explain to me how this this happenstance occurrence finally came to be well you know i'm always semi-interested in whatever bjork is doing just 
you know, I I like I I I'm just curious. She's she's different. You're always wondering what Bjork is up to. And I knew cuz Eric what some might not know is he does have kind of peculiar out there music taste. He he does. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like they're usually good music taste. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But maybe not one you'd expect from from looking at him. De- de- Yes, the artist that yeah. I've, I've he sent over to me, I wouldn't expect him to be listening to. Mm-hmm. It's what adds to his mystique, I would well, say. Well, I'll just add that I was holding out for either Bjork, Robin, or uh, Leaky Lee, because I love like oh. a sad Nordic girl. Sure. You know, kind of like moaning away into the microphone. Well, in regards to Robin, you would have been behind, what, 10 homos for Probably. that review? That, that one would have been a... A tough one. This yeah. is I hope that through. I would have the uh, yeah. wait to beat out some other. Ones yeah, I might I think so. I might know someone who yeah. would help you cut the line there. But I knew he would be a good choice for this episode because we've been like, "Hey, New Bjork album coming." It, well, you <laughs> have been like, "Hey, New Bjork album coming." That's right. I'm, I'm excited. I, w- I was like. <laughs> Oh, Simon's finally recommending an album. Touche. <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. know what? If, if if he says that he wants to do this one, I will do it. I will that's figure right. out a way. That's and right. That's, that's how right. We, we, we started on this. So, Eric, you mentioned that you love a good moaning Nordic woman. <laughs> that's right. I do. This yes. qualifies. Explain to me, like, what is your relationship with with? Bjorn and like Bjorn, Bjorn, Bjork. Bjorn is the Bjorn. <laughs> uh, well, so my relationship with Bjork, um, Bjorn. her first album I listened to was in 2007 when Volta came out, which Volta. is a really great album. It has Earth Intruders, Earth which Intruders. is a top yes. song of hers. And my friend Shanna and I in college, shout out to Shanna, Shanna, hey Shanna, we'll see you in November, we'll see you in Tahoe. Um, <laughs> We went on a camping trip to Joshua Tree and we listened to the whole Volta album. Mm. And, you know, whatever we were doing in Joshua Tree, for whatever reason, that album spoke to us at the time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. over the course of a good 48 hour period. It's a magical place. It's, you know what? It is. Eric, spoiler alert, not always the way with words, but the way he just described <laughs> that experience at Joshua Tree, much more subtle than any reference we've ever no, had. Uh, yeah. That mm-hmm. was beautiful, babe. Good Very job. subtle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And so then we were like, we kind of like this weird, ethereal, you know, like pixie from Iceland. And we got really into watching her um, YouTube videos, not just like her interviews and videos, but like she videotapes herself doing things at home, like taking apart her TV. I remember and the, talking the about TV. how it's like a mini city. And then she talks about like, yeah. she has like poetry books and she tries to like interpret what's going on. And she's just like kind of really wacky. So, you know, we would right. really go down the rabbit hole of these videos. And then in 2013, she and I actually took a trip to Iceland and we backpacked for two weeks in Outdoors. every... You and Bjorn. Me and Shanna. <laughs> oh. And we went to her ancestral home in Reykjavik and then oh. to where her mother had protested a highway due to critical elf habitat. You're talking, uh, so you're talking now about Bjork. I'm talking about Bjork, yes. Okay. So we did a little pilgrimage oh. to Iceland. So you and Shannon went to Iceland yes. to visit Bjork okay. and live. And we went backpacking sure. the whole time we were there. And as we drove the island, we listened to every album chronologically. Wow. And then you kind of get a really oh, wow. interesting feel. Um, 
for the music because it's, you know, where she's from. Like, there's a lot of Icelandic kind of, you know, references and kind right. of ethereal things going on. So that was kind of a cool experience. And that kind of cemented the uh, relationship with me. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and Simon. Yeah. What is What was your relationship with um, Bjorn, baby you know, Bjorn? Prior, I'm not super familiar with her discography, but I know <clears throat> songs here and there, and I'm always very interested in what I'm hearing. Okay. Always very interested. I like her aesthetic. Sure. I, I like her creative process. It's I've very... heard someone called that she's like the first Animorph or something. <laughs> She's sure. really an artist that's like for all of your palettes, like mm-hmm. visually, yes. audio, audio centered. Like you kind of have to be like hitting on all cylinders mm-hmm. right. when she produces. And recently she's been collaborating a lot with a makeup artist that I'm really into who goes by the name Hungry. They're from Germany. Like they've really created this makeup style that is unique which is hard to do these days i mean i still remember when ariana grande did the the makeup on the rain on me music video Uh, where it was like almost like no eye makeup but there mm -hmm. was the big huge line yeah also iconic also iconic yes um (laughs) so i've just been paying a little more attention to her recently kind of on the visual space because she's just so interesting to look at but um i knew i was gonna be excited for this album yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the woman that gave us a swan dress, the swan dress. laid an egg on the red carpet as a statement about fertility. I mean, come mm-hmm. on now. I mean, <laughs> she she really does that. She are, are, would you say that she's like at the same level as um some of Gaga's earlier shticks? You know, no, because I don't think anything she does egg. is a shtick for publicity. She's just completely I think she truly in her own unique world. Believes in like the artistic value of of everything she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No would, PR. Which you could, you can't really argue that Lady Gaga wasn't doing it for the PR, but oh, at the same time, it was, I mean, this was still artistry. It oh, just yeah. was, it wasn't like for the sole purpose of, which it of sounds course. like Bjork is like very Bjork always says she would rather do few things and do them well. Which by the look on your face, I'm thinking, not thinking you think the few things she's done have been done well. But... Hey, <laughs> you'll have to tune into the the video version of this the podcast to see what my yes. faces have been. I know I don't know why I'm talking with my hands. We're not being recorded. Well, <laughs> if, if, it, if it helps you express yourself, you know, that's right. I, people people will kind of pick up on you. Do whatever you gotta do, babe. Yeah, whatever right. you gotta do. That's right. Um, for me, I knew the name Bjork. You probably are familiar with like Snatch Game representations of Bjork. I don't even remember that. Katya in All Stars. Winona Ryder in SNL on Celebrity Jeopardy. That I, too. Literally, n- no. Okay. Not, but I knew the name, and that was like all I did going into this album. And like, <laughs> you know, it, probably a shock to your system. A little bit of a, a little bit of a shock to my yeah. system. I yeah. will. It said that it was electronic. Yeah. It's it, the Bjork looked kind of just one of a kind in like yeah. all of the the yeah. photography, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, if if we're transitioning <laughs> a little bit into the album, yeah. I have to say, like when I first started <laughs> this album. Yeah, I am. I feel like I immediately regretted <laughs> saying yes. We would do this, <laughs> but I, I, 
Especially because I also heard from um, Dago Blanco, he was like, yeah, the new Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album is like so good. And Which, spoiler alert, it is. So I was like, oh, and and then I, and at the at the same side of it too, I was like, "This is the album I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to listen to all of my birthday weekends." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no! But so yeah, that first listen through yeah. was pretty painful. Not I like ended you, up not we expected. I made it like three songs, and I was like, "I'm putting this off till Monday." Yeah, I'm sure, putting this off till sure. Monday. Take some time. Monday, I listened to it as I was walking and stuff, and I was still just like, I don't, I don't really know about this. But what I, I did pick up on was I was like, okay, well, the lyrics, they're definitely are the lyrics are in English, which is good. Thank, mm-hmm. thank God for that. Am I right? And I remember hearing a line in, I think it's the first song that is like something about like hope is like something to be cherished or like something to kind of whatever, but it's kind of like, it's like this currency or something. And I was like, okay, well she probably has like some really kind of interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. And so today when I was uh, walking my, my gal, little PJ, little PJ, I um, did some, some digging. I, I read um, the Apple music description for the album. And then I also read the pitchfork review, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I was like, they gave it an 8.4, which is a pretty high rating. Seems low for me. Um, okay, for I so I just did a like search of all her albums on Pitchfork, and they go between like six to two albums got a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, something, some people like something about They're this. Get, people are getting something out of this. The and, thing that I'll yeah. say about Bjork is like you cannot really compare her to other artists she is probably the only person she only competes with herself there's yeah. no one else that she is trying, trying to, be. to be yeah that and, is really admirable i gotta say and so i think yeah. that from reading the pitchfork article it kind of gave me a little bit of perspective in terms of what were the themes of this album yeah um fun guy that's right you would say fun guy but i think that's kind of just more of a um, a representation of kind of life, mm, I think, yeah. is kind of more of what the album's about. There are songs about her, her mom. Mm. About it's about her like children, roots reproductive. and like home. What's like grounding you to right. the earth? Oh, I'm all about that these days. And so, with that new perspective, I gave the album another listen as I walked Prairie this morning, and I also like spent time scrolling through the lyrics of uh, most of the songs as we were walking. And I think from that, I what I did find was I found that there was an appreciation for um, her album in particular is very personal. Or these this album is very personal. I imagine a lot of them are very personal. And what I mean by that is like, she's not writing about breakups. She's not writing about these kind of things that, um, yep, Eric, just drink as much water as you need. <laughs> <laughs> He's really thirsty. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to keep buying time until you, you're ready to talk. Okay, okay, good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good job. Um, but the lyrics ended up kind of feeling very personal, very kind of like, as you were describing, like not really subscribed to any sort of narrative of what like other people would want from her. She was right. in her own lane. Mm-hmm. And kind of coming up with her own analogies for life and like how she like thought about life. 
And to me, I really, really, really appreciated the music and actually did kind of help me find things to enjoy about the album. Um, is that, I guess, Eric, is that, is that normally how our albums are? Or is this one kind They're of all very thing? deeply personal. She takes like notoriously years to work on them. She like mm -hmm. will sequester herself um, and, you know, just spend so much time. This one in particular, she, so ever since she got famous, really like in the early nineties, she's been living in London for most of her career and splitting it between New York and London. Mm -hmm. And then during COVID, she went back to Iceland and it was her first time living in Iceland for like over a year um, and her mother died. Um, <clears throat> And so I think this album, like as you listen to it, like it's very much about her going home, finding her roots, mm -hmm. mourning her mother, but then she also brings in her son and daughter for two songs right. as well. And so kind of like fostering the next generation yeah. at home of her right. talent. Yeah. yeah. Do, so w when and where, like this type of music, when and where do you find yourself going, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put on some Bjork. Joshua Tree. I Joshua Tree is a big one. <laughs> um, you know. Is uh, it that state of mind of Joshua Tree? Yeah. Yes, Maybe. but you know what? I also listened to it twice at the gym this weekend. So, I mean, I was doing, I also, I was doing deadlifts to a lot of it. So. I have to say, I have been listening to more Bjork because of this album. And I also have been listening to it in the gym just because I'm there sometimes. Sometimes. It's not awful workout music. No, it's pretty good. You can kind of get yeah. lost in a trance. There isn't really, in my mind, a lot of her music, the songs blend into yeah. one. You'll have one 45-second oh, song. You'll have a seven-minute <laughs> song. There's no clear ending. There's no mm. clear hooks or anything. Yeah. So a lot of times you can just... It kind of reminds me of like a symphony in a lot of ways. You sit down and you listen to what she has going on for the entirety of the thing in bits and pieces. Yeah. I do so I do love that about an album is when it does feel like even even Renaissance is another great example where the songs bleed into each other. Yeah. Lady Gaga's Chromatica does a very good job with that too mm -hmm. of having it transition from song to song in such a way that they like pick up on the beat of the last song a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this this album in particular also is very much like that where which, which makes it hard, like when it comes down to single obsession or any of those types of things, yeah, you kind yeah. of go into, not single obsession, top, top bop, biggest flop, like both of those ones, it's kind of like, okay, well, um, I'm gonna have to try and go back and remember that like moment in time and see if it's the song I like or what, what That's right. you know? It was um, a little difficult. It was a little bit more of a difficult challenge. Um, yeah, I think the hard part for me was just kind of like visualizing how and where I would listen to it mm -hmm. because I don't think it, it is so unique and peculiar. And I do re really like, I, I appreciate her artistry. Um, She's very good for like open natural spaces, camping trips, any type of like drum circle, hearkening back to my childhood in Alaska. Right. Um, you know, like a lot of the hippy dippy shit is great. But I mean, I also listen to her on my drive to work. I listen to her at the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, you, she, I think even a lot of people that are not necessarily Bjork fans have been influenced by her in the sense that she was probably one of the first people in her first album called Debut. She was one of the first people to put house music into modern pop and like kind of like broke the trend in that. So I mean like a lot of things that she's done have been then adopted into mainstream pop after the fact. So like she's not really... Icon. In, in... 
So you, in like, a lot of ways, I don't necessarily think she's that off the wall because so many artists have since borrowed from her. And a lot of the stuff that she does that seems kooky later becomes somewhat mainstream. Mm. Yeah, I, I could, I can kind of see that. I think that that's an, an art, another artist that I've given credit, similar credit to is the Charlie XCX of the world where the hyper pop was, yeah. was kind of a, its own thing. And like, honestly, to me was a little bit jarring at the time, but then now looking at it yeah. now, you're like, okay, yeah, this is actually like really good. Yeah. Um, some parts of it are still very Gen Z to me, but I do like some hyper pop now. So yeah. I, can, I can keep up. I can keep up now. I yeah. can keep up. But I, that's, I, that's interesting for you to say, Eric, that, that you can go back to um, the first album and kind of see that that, that influence has, has kind of been incorporated in mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I guess a question would be, in terms of like you, you mentioned your kind of I, your 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 roots living in uh, Alaska and your kind of your background there. Like, how has that um, affected your music tastes? And how have you kind of like, what do you mean by like outdoorsy? Because this also doesn't feel like outdoorsy. Well, I guess like in <clears throat> my childhood, our weekends usually consisted of like. Going over to the neighbors, which usually turned into some type of drum circle isn't the right word because there were there was yeah. more than drums. There was like maracas and marimbas and like, you know, like everyone would kind of have these impromptu musical sessions that involved a lot of chanting mm. um, around, you know, like usually a bonfire or something around the solstice. Wow. Um, and like a lot of what she does seems like kind of like she harkens back to like, you know, like Icelandic yeah. Viking chants and... You know, like, <laughs> like really like sharp, uh, like cacophony of sounds that doesn't necessarily jive sometimes, but right. it's an interesting, you know, like, I think that kind of, there was a lot of that in Alaska. Not everyone was professionally trained. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, like you're outside doing an impromptu session and there's like all the sounds beyond the music, children, you know, playing and everything else there's just like a lot going on and it kind of reminds me of that mm -hmm. yeah i one of my listens to this album i i threw on the cans those nice over-the-ear <laughs> headphones and i actually tried to like drown out <laughs> the lyrics as much as i could because i really wanted to hear like what choices she made on the production side because they are so interesting like she threads in a lot of really unique sounds the bass clarinet a lot huge of, bass a lot of clarinet oh yeah a lot of strings which i, lo I love a string <clears throat> but then it cuts to techno all of a sudden right and yeah you know. very all over the place but like it feels very um what's the word i'm looking for uh deliberate like everything is very calculated in in where it's placed and right the thing yeah. i'll say about bjork that i appreciate is like if you kind of think about music as i don't know um a walk if you will mm -hmm. like most songs like are the equivalent of a track you know exactly what it is it's like the same kind of path in terms of like it's three minutes you get to your hook chorus you know exactly <laughs> what to expect mm -hmm. same formula yeah with yep. her it's like you've been dropped in the middle of the woods and <sighs> Yeah. you're a little uncomfortable and you're kind of walking an unsure path, not really sure where you'll ultimately end up. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of like that. It's different than most albums and songs individually. I will say like 
most times I listen to her albums, I don't come away being like, wow, that song really took spoke me. to me. Or a lot of times I have to listen to the album on multiple times to really get an appreciation for mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah, I saw this video clip where she was talking about her creative process for this album and in working with like her producers and stuff. She's very visual. Like she'll just supply <laughs> mood boards <laughs> to them, which is a. I was like, that yes. sounds like the yes, and. the strangest journey for the producer you're working with to like interpret that. But it sounds like it'd be really fun. I th- I mean I think the thing is is if you if you produce. Bjork work, you probably yeah. <laughs> are able to go, okay, I, I, I get what she's trying yeah. to do here. She, I'm just imagining <clears throat> her saying things like, you know, I want this to sound <laughs> like mushroom. <laughs> and they go, okay, let's see right. what we can do. <laughs> well, she's notoriously introverted. She's very shy. She doesn't really have like a wide group of people that she works with, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think like over the years, she's kind of been able to get... I don't know, a crew, just a group of music people. A house. A house together. <laughs> house of um, That kind of knows her and knows what to expect. Yeah. She's a deeply private person. Yeah. Same. So one of the other things that I didn't surprise me, but also like made me appreciate a little bit more, was that pretty much every song was written and produced by Bjork <laughs> mm-hmm. on wow. this album. And only a couple songs had anyone helping with the the lyrics and or even the production Mm -hmm. so this truly was kind of like a one-person show which when it comes down to like the themes of the album and the the it being so personal it kind of almost to me what what made me appreciate it was the it almost felt like a diary entry a little bit in terms of kind of what she was feeling in this certain moment Mm -hmm. what was going through her head and um feels very genuine and and took it from from lyrics to the way she sung it to the instrumentals to kind of the themes behind it all the things that she wanted to capture to be like this is this moment in my life and i think that like looking back she now has what 10 albums Mm -hmm. over (coughs) many years i want to say like 20 her first solo album was 1992 so yeah. 30, 30 years, 30 years, 30 years. and that just is kind of showcasing that like she's gonna be able to take back and like Adele has her numbered albums. <laughs> Do you think we're gonna get like a fifty-five? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. <laughs> but like another breakup. Yeah, this Adele does it kind of slap in your face. These are the moments in time. Mm-hmm. I think Bjork again. I have not listened to any of her previous albums. Isn't going to be that moment in time. One thing I also did want to kind of just touch on quick is, uh, Eric, you were like, well, it can go from like these like uh, bass clarinets to like techno. I don't really think there was a song on this album that I was like, let me wiggle to this. Oh, I disagree. I feel like I kind of, well, I guess I was at the gym, but I kind of sauntered around during parts of it, you know. I saw him (laughs) uh, do a bit of an interpretive dance to the first song mere minutes before we started recording. That oh, a lot more. Oh, that wow. a lot more arm movement. Well, yeah, <laughs> which, which I, I was trying. I will just say I was trying to get onto the Overwatch two servers before mm-hmm. we recorded today. Um, but ultimately, I am a music professional, mm-hmm. even yep. though I am also a gay gamer. Gamer. I, I had to put, I had get to put the her. podcast first. But also, it was impossible to get on. So, yeah. fucking Overwatch. We hate. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your servers right. Come on. Ridiculous. I will say, back to your original point about techno and bopping to this album, this wasn't really a dance album. She's had other albums that are a little more, you Dancy know, wancy. get jiggy with it yeah. type. This yeah. was less of that. But it I mean, there were definitely elements of electronic music woven into it. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could, you could definitely say that. And you could definitely say that, like, it, it has some of the, the wackadoo moments that you get with, like, some of the more experimental dance type artists um but simon like I, I think we haven't really touched on with on you at all like what oh. oh what was i know you said you've listened to the album a couple times but yeah. like what were your initial thoughts what was going through your head anything you want to kind of add in? well i had a pretty chaotic <laughs> weekend slash week and this really was just like the musical accompaniment to it um it actually like calmed me down a little bit which was nice um I don't know, it definitely uh, was an album that like challenged me a lot. Um, there definitely is like a, a frame of mind I think you have to be in, and you might not know exactly what that is. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no go- there's no like handbook on yeah. how necessarily how to listen to a Bjork album. I feel like so you might find the the right place, you might not. Right. Um, and I think I'm pretty close to to finding that right headspace to to, to get to down be to there. Bjork. Yeah. I think with Bjork, like, people don't get her in a sense that, like, some people take it really... They're like, I don't get her. I, she's too serious. And she's not really like that. Like, she's absurd. She acknowledges she's absurd. So if you kind of, like, lean into it, you can kind of really get a lot more out of it. You yeah. know, she has a lot to say, but she also is saying, I'm over the top and doing it my way. Right. You know? My way. My way. She's like a cat like that. She doesn't care what's going on around her mm-hmm. or what anyone else is doing. She's going to be doing it however she wants. <laughs> and it reminds me of my cats, which is probably why I like her. <laughs> I do love the cats. You know, yeah. I, I, I would say the same, same thing about Prairie in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Y- y- you try and pull her one way and she has her own point of view. But I think right. cats can sometimes just be a little more peculiar. Well, and I think with this, the thing that I do like about Bjork more than other artists that I don't think do this a lot is like, you kind of have to let all of your preconceived notions of what pop music is go out yeah. the window. Yeah. Well, it's not pop. Mm-hmm. It is. It is pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's technically a pop artist. But is it fashion? It is. She, <laughs> I mean, she is fashion. fashion. That is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't go into it thinking you're going to get anything out of it or you know where it's going. You kind of just have to be like, this is where we're going, and here we are. That's right. But I don't think that that's pop. Pop is like she's <laughs> inject she, it, like inject it for the mass for the mass media, and I, I think that this is like not. Well, she began as a pop artist, I guess. Probably. I don't know what you would if she's a sense of all past it. I don't know what genre that yeah. would possibly be. I think she's just Bjork as a genre. <laughs> I think that could be very true. <laughs> like there, I I don't think that there's much else I've listened to that has. Landed the same kind oh, of. I like this. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> her genres are art pop, yep. avant garde, yep. electronica, experimental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. You know that art pop, baby. Yeah, like sure. That. Yeah. Okay, um, so we've talked about the album <laughs> quite a bit. Now the time has come. I'm I'm curious to know, guys. Is this a bop or a flop album as a whole? So, 
this was a really <laughs> this was a really weird one for me. Yeah. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like I But act, weird can be good. Weird can be good. Weird can be wacky. And, good. But not a weird one in terms of the album, because we know that the album's weird. Yeah. The what this made me do some introspection <laughs> on was our jobs as music reviewers. That's right. And what I mean and by it that is a job. Is like clear. Is it my personal would I opt to this or <laughs> can I appreciate the artistry for what it is? Right. And that's because I think that that is the truly at the, the cusp of like what I, what I would give this album mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from an everything I usually grade an album on. It's like, is it, is it consistent? Would I want to listen to the album as a whole or would I want to just pull some songs out? Right. Does it feel like the the lyrics kind of have some meaning and it's not just kind of like surface level? It checks a lot of those boxes. It does. So for all intents and purposes, it should be a bop. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think that Bjork is for me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't. I really don't. Not even on Madeline Island two summers ago? You know, I think <laughs> no. I think you really could have maybe. Ma- I think you could have been converted under those specific circumstances. I yeah. think maybe under those specific circumstances. Joshua I would, Tree, Madeline Island. You know what? Next time we we do it together, we can we can be we can okay. we, we go back to Madeline Island and sure. the, the the state of mind that you get up there. Yeah. And maybe just maybe I would be able to find that appreciation for in this right. very moment. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit harder for me to to like truly want to say like. I'm going to go back to this album and give it some listens. Right. So I think for sake of being unbiased, which I don't know whether or not, like... I think you should listen to your heart. Yeah. Really. My my heart is telling me that, like, it would be a mistake not to give this album a bop. Oh, okay. Even though I'm not going to go back and listen to it. And so from that, I will give it a bop. Okay. And mm. I do think this album will challenge you in that way of like have my de- has my definition been wrong this whole time you know some albums are yeah. easier because your musical tastes align with the artist and you also like are like oh god that was a good one or some are easy little mix flop um, <laughs> yeah easy this one not as sure um me personally i this album really has inspired me to go back into her discography i'm gonna I'm going to keep listening to Bjork, I think. I'm going to... Because I like to figure out, like, why things are the way they are. And why... What makes people tick. Would you say you're now a Bjorky? Is that what they call the fans? Probably. I don't know if they... She's so uncommercial (laughs) that she doesn't have a name for her fans. (laughs) Well, maybe we're her swans. Maybe the swans. Swans. Um, or her elves. It's very Icelandic. Very Icelandic. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an elf. I'm a little elf. Eric, I feel like you kind of like literally first words out of your mouth were like, I love this album. Oh, but, yeah. I guess but, I didn't really hold back. But like, yeah. um, I am really <laughs> curious, just based on everything you've said yeah. so far, it sounds like it could be a toss up, and I'd love to know. Mm-hmm. Is it. A top or, or a, I said a top. A top. Is it a top or is it a pop? You're in the wrong crowd here. Um, <laughs> top well, topic, what, is it a pop? I, you know, it's been a real tough debate for me, but I think it's an equivocal bop. Where does this fall kind of in her, uh, you know, her, her, or, oof, if you will? 
what? her work? Where does it fall? Like, Oh, I think it's definitely one of her top albums. It will be very hard to top Volta. That was just like very different and mm. had a lot of, that one had a lot of great songs you could actually pick out of it. Um, but I do think that this one is really uh, like, this is definitely her most personal album. This is the first mm. one that she's ever brought her children in on. Um, it's the one that she wrote in her home country after being, you know, an expat for however many years. Like, you can tell it's deeply personal to her. Yeah. And I just like, more than that, I like all the things that she did with it in terms of the lyrics were all very thoughtful and well done. I love the bass clarinet. That is something you really <laughs> never hear, I don't know, ever. And right. as a former clarinetist, I appreciate oh, that. Sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think it's a huge bop for me. Yeah, I, I think I also think it's a bop. I don't think I said that. I think that I just said I was a little elf. You know, she even though this is a personal album for her and it's about like losing part of it is about losing her mother and stuff. A lot of it is also very optimistic. She's very talking happy. about being a mother. Mm -hmm. She's talking about her children's futures. You know, she's very. This album kind of just ensconces everything I like about her. You don't know what you're gonna get. But whatever you get is very well intentioned and you know it's authentically coming from her. Right. And you can tell that she has a deep understanding of like music production. Well, yeah, she was the producer for the album. Well, yeah, sure. But I mean, sure. even if people, a lot of people are like, oh, it sounds weird. It sounds, you know, like cacophonous and kind of all these she had a vision. sounds, you know, she understands how they work together, whether or not you think it sounds good. And, and what, whether or not you think it like was intentional or not, it was. Yes. Right? It was. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I, I, we didn't touch on before going to, to our top bops is just a little bit more about the themes and just kind of, I think one of the big, the other kind of lyrics that, that stood out um, was that she was talking about how she wants to to li like listen to her her mother but see through her own eyes and it's mm. it's you're trying to find that balance so one doesn't swallow the other yeah and i think what it it's kind of meaning to 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 talk about is how you you grow up with your you, your parents values or like you it, like what do your parents think is the right yeah. thing etc cetera, etc cetera. initial roadmap and there's and there's that moment where you kind of start to go I don't want to make the same mistakes that my parents made. I don't want I'm to like... I'm not going to church anymore. I, 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 I get these things, but these things don't really fit for me. Yeah. I'm not going to that drum circle anymore. <laughs> what age I'm was, done what going it, to that. What age was that? <laughs> no, I never stopped. I loved it. Okay, good. And so um, I think it was just an interesting kind of um, theme or kind of thing that she, she brought up or kind of topic was just the idea of the of the habits that we form and the opinions that we have and the mm -hmm. things that we do like i think about like where i put my recycling and even where i like to <laughs> yeah. put my like trash it comes back to like where my parents put it you know wow. and like all of those types I of things about that. Yeah. but also like my relationship with my parents too there's a ton of stuff where i'm just like Never, not for me. Not like, for me. Not for me, and I actively am like trying to yeah. to swerve away from Unlearn. that. Unlearn, sure, yeah, yeah. What do you guys feel about that? Mm, wow, how long do you have? I mean, about 
Well, we've, we've had long podcasts. And we're not no. that far. <laughs> About specifically, like, our relationship with our parents or... Oh, God. Or, or, like, the meanings in her songs. The, the meanings in her songs, but also just kind of, I, I guess, like, what... Do you, do you feel like you're taking on... Like, how, how, is, how does your parents' um, upbringing of you, how has it kind of affected how you view the world now? And, like, how have you kind of grappled with oh, having your own form of it? Oh, my God. So probably more of that one. Interesting. Oh, Jesus um, Well, I guess in terms of... I guess I'm going to kind of flip that on you. Oh. And, cause there's a, so it's actually my top bop. Oh. I won't, t- I won't say going, what it is no, yet. No, 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 we can go. We can. But there's a line in it where she says... It's like in a woman's lifetime, um, she has 400 eggs, but only two or three nests. Right. Which I, I think know. kind of is like you kind of, she's looking kind of like at her children being like, out of all the opportunities or combinations I could have had, she only has like these, only a few options materialize. And you kind of wonder like, oh my God, doesn't you know, that make you think of like parallel universes and timelines? No. No. It's more about like... <laughs> oh, double no. Double no. no. It seems wow, more like an opportunity drag. of like regret or like what could have been. Not necessarily a timeline, I don't think. It, I, to me, it found, it's. I remember that lyric and I think I know what song mm-hmm. your top pop is. Yeah. But I think that the to me, it was kind of cherishing those, th- those two to three and going like, there's going to be so much that's going to pass you by. So when the, these couple moments come up like it you kind of want to cherish it a little bit yeah like she talks there's a lot of motherhood both her own and then her her being her daughter's mother or her mother's daughter throughout the album like if you know anything about her she's a very loving attentive parent but you can tell motherhood gives her a great deal of anxiety oh part of the reason part of the reason she divorced her second husband in move from New York back to the UK was because she was so afraid of like gun violence in the US. Like she is an extremely empath or em, I don't know. She feel empathic. empathic. Yeah. She, and you can tell that like that comes out in her songs about her being a mother. Like she's so, it makes her, it was such a like obviously joy and gift for her to be a mother, but it also was something that gave her just extreme anxiety and yeah. like worry you know, already have enough of that in my I, life. Okay, can I just say I hate when someone is like, "Oh, it's such a gift that you're a mother now." I'm like, Bleh. well, no, no. And the re- the reason why I'm like, I don't want to put that burden on someone is because if someone told <sighs> me like, "You are doing so good," like you are like, it, you are a mother now or whatever else, I'd yeah. be like, "This is such a gift, it's such a gift, whatever." I'd be like, "That's not for you to decide." I could no, be like, and actually, this might actually be like. <laughs> really fucking up my life. Well, and something she's always said was one of her favorite things about motherhood is when they became adults and she saw like who they became, but she wasn't necessarily fully responsible for them anymore yeah, because it was like a, because <laughs> it was so overwhelming for her to feel like she had to protect them yeah, no when kidding. they were minors. I can't wait for that age with Prairie. I, I, really can't. I worry about that and I don't have children. So yeah. No thanks. Ch- the idea of children stress me out. Like just no thanks. <laughs> it's a fucking panic attack. Oh, 20 years of my life gone. No. See, now no, you identify you. with Bjork. And the, the Botox I can't get. You can Why still not? get that. Because it's going to diapers and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of Botox. Just can't afford, yeah, yeah. Wow. 
Well, good thing you, good thing you <laughs> Look, don't have I'm kids. I'm not uh, Elon Musk. Good thing Musk. you don't have kids. I'm not Elon <laughs> Musk over here, okay? You're buying Twitter again? Yeah. <laughs> You're back on that Twitter that Twitter feed? That's right, baby. Um, let's go into Top Pops. Eric, what was yours <laughs> since you were you know, um, chatting? Mine about? was Victimhood. Okay, well, right. let's give it a listen. Let's listen. So Eric, walk us through. Why that song? Yeah. And that one isn't the song that mentions the, the eggs. I think it was, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. I think this is like the... Oh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, well, no, you know that, they all kind of blend together. That one is the, um, the Fungal City, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fungal City, that's Slapper. right. Um, what do I like? Well, it's seven minutes, which is yeah. obviously different. Um, Certainly a healthy dose. A healthy dose. I like how it's a slow build. It really starts with like that kind of like low bass clarinet. And then, I don't know, like we've all been at the club before <laughs> where, you know, You're listening it's, to this like, song. it's like, no, not this song, but it's like, you know, 3.30, it's been a longish night and someone puts on some like kind of like dark EDM that really like vibrates into your body. Yeah. It really reminds me of that, like kind of like. Yeah, you know, for me, this is like <laughs> no. at the end of the night, a state of being you probably don't want to be. <laughs> no, this is. I was. Oh, we, I like we were mentioning on the way, like as it was playing, I was like, to me, this is the song, that, and then oh, like a movie God. soundtrack as someone's getting like preyed upon yeah. post bar close as they're walking home. This is the song. It's a little forbidden forest. It very to me. much is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I guess, but I, I don't hate. I think that. it seems kind of. Maybe not happy is the wrong word, but it doesn't seem particularly dark to me. Mm. I okay, well, um, hey, readers, I, you can you can you can um, comment below. You can comment on whether or not this is. I I liked it too. I don't I don't hate yeah. it. It just is more along the lines of the way you described it of what it like. I kind of like a dark house EDM beat. And this it isn't that. I think it is. I disagree. I, I don't think, think it, oh, bass okay. clarinet is like no particular. You just wait. One of these days, you know, it's gonna you know, get remixed at the club by ready, like I'm by, ready to be proven. You know, Calvin John Harris. John Summit's <laughs> gonna do a remix. <laughs> Honey Dijon. Yeah, come on, Victimhood featuring Honey Dijon. Well, yeah, I'm on board. Sure. Maybe sure. D- maybe DJ Ty Jordan can do something with this. Hey, th- th- if anything is possible, it's mm. that. <laughs> I'll throw it in his DMs. You, you know what? That that's that would be the true proof that he can do anything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Challenge to you. Come on, Ty Ty. That's right. Um, <laughs> How about you, Aaron? What was yours? Yeah. So for me, the one that uh, again, I don't think that. Really, one, album blends together. Two, not, this whole album is not really my my cup of tea of what I normally listen to. But the song that kind of just stood out to me from like a, I really love the lyrics and I love kind of the vibe it gives, is Ancestress. Uh, featuring Sindri, which uh, is her song. Yes. Mm. Um, We love that. Well, let's take a listen. Let's take a listen. 
to my ears. Wow. Mm-hmm. So walk us through, Aaron. So the reason why I, I really like this song is it very much is about her mom and very much about probably the last um, couple months with her mom talking about like um, th- both her mom's experience with like her doctors, but also things like um, just all the things that her mom kind of instilled in her and her kind of remembering her mom, like falsetto lullabies as she was younger. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think also just kind of like, so there was like moments where it was like very heartbreaking to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then there were also like, there were moments where she was kind of really talking about um, like her mom's dyslexia and how it ended up, She's like she's like the most like free form artist out there because when you have dyslexia, like reading is is hard and like so sometimes in order for you to be able to kind of bridge the gap, you kind of write the words between the words because you're trying to like keep up. Mm-hmm. And I think just her I think a lot of times with our parents, there are things that probably like irk us and, or things that like, like, why do you do it that way? Or like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But I think when, as they get older and as you, um, you know that your time with them is limited, those things start to become cherished and you start to keep being like, no, you can, can like keep doing that. Like yeah. th- those things that were flaws are actually things that I love so much about you. Mm-hmm. And so from like a lyric perspective and even just the, the way, um, the, the song's constructed, it just, it feels, you could kind of feel her passion and love for her mom in the song. I thought it was interesting too, how it talks about like her role as her mother is like slowly on the decline, you know, Right. uh, which is such a scary thought to me. Like (sighs) my biggest fear honestly is like... Mm. I'm not scared of dying. I'm scared of like being a burden to other people who have to like take care of my dying ass. Like I don't want that. Yeah, same. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you know anything about her mother, like so her mother was like a very committed, diehard environmental activist that was like very devoted to the causes and she was like somewhat withholding like mm-hmm. later in life. Yeah. And I think you can kind of see that. Like, I think it was like the line where she was like, maybe like when you have little time left you look back differently and i think it was you know like did we really hurt you or was that just living you know where she's like the things that the mother maybe held against them was that really they were just children that was just them kind of living their life kind of separate from anything that she maybe took from it or even as adults, like sometimes yeah. you, your parents kind of like have this vision for you and you sometimes don't have that same vision. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also kind of just a thing too, is like, as you're getting to that, that those final moments with your, your, your loved ones, it's kind of like, you still love me though. Right. Like, and it, it almost is kind of like you questioning in your mind. Like, I think that even though you 
you said you didn't like those things, you still loved me and you still like supported me no matter what at your core. Mm -hmm. I think that's what she was kind of like asking herself a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so good song. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed it. Also seven minutes. Poetry. Also a seven minute song. That's right. So yeah, the album definitely has a little bit of a little bit of both. And Simon, what about you? So um, I actually have a different top bop, if you can believe. Um, But mine is the opening track, Atopose. Well, let's listen to Atopose and maybe watch that music video. The video is amazing. something wasn't it so eric you were saying the music video was so good mm-hmm. isn't it <laughs> i thought it was great i loved it i i mean i yeah the thing with it's a journey it new york stuff is like like so her one album biophilia she did a completely interactive like ipad game visuals of it Love. all of her stuff is very visual it kind of reminds me of like fantasia in that way like the score is set to whatever's happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Very much visual album. Very much visual yeah. aligned. Yeah. I would say the the video was, I mean, what was, you got to see the bass clarinets. You really mm-hmm. did. Which we love. You really did get to to see the, the what is it called? The, the jam pad? Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it? Mm, whatever. The D- DJ The thing. DJ thing? Mm-hmm. The DJ thing. Yeah. And that was my first time, I think, seeing, like, Bjork in, like, as in a person. Action. Strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she was wearing some very, like, off-the-wall things. Very off Very off-the-wall. Off yeah. You know, when you see her in person, she's usually just, like, wearing a black sweatshirt and her hair's down. When she, a lot of it gave me similar to, like, art pop mm-hmm. applause vibes in terms mm-hmm. of that kind of, like, visual medium type sure. thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Simon, but it's less about what I think right now. It's more mm-hmm. about why. Yeah. Why, why did you choose this why? as your top up? Well, I really was drawn into it initially by the production. Uh, I really like the like driving bass line with the dissonant bass clarinet line that comes in and out as a motif. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and it honestly reminded me, you know, because it is the title track, it its job is to kind of prepare you for the journey that is to follow. And it, in a way it reminded me of the gorillas album, plastic beach, where Mm -hmm. the intro track is just like an orchestral intro. Right. And it does a fantastic job of getting you in the mindset of what to expect after that. I think I love a good opening song that does that too. And, Mm -hmm. and for the most part, I think this, this song kind of nails that. Um, Won't she set the tone right off with the first, lyrics where she what was it it was like we're just looking for excuses not to connect yeah our differences are irrelevant mm-hmm. and this was the one that was like maybe closest to like a traditional song where she repeated it wasn't really a chorus but those lines were repeated at several times throughout the song yeah and like the whole thing the whole part of the album like family home the fungus it's all about roots mm-hmm. being grounded right. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of kicks it right. off right yeah. from the beginning. I mean, essentially, I'm I'm a sucker for a solid intro track. You're a sucker for like a big dress with a high collar. 
<laughs> I've always loved a high collar. Anyone who's known me since my a hoop skirt, that's my what that was. design days. I love a high, high collar. collar. I mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So um, we do have the section which is biggest flop. Unfortunately, we have to do that. Um, Anyone want to go first with their pick? This is a toughie. Again, I'll go first. Everything kind of blends. <laughs> yeah, what was yours, Eric? Um, I would say the biggest flop. Um, I have to look at the thing here because I can't remember the names. Because it, I think it was just kind of like a placeholder. The Fargeter. Okay. Same. 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 Okay. <laughs> it was only forty. It was only forty seconds. It was clearly like what is that thing called? Like I don't an know. Interlude. Into a, an interlude, like at the symphony, that's yeah. like bridging the album together. Like right. it seemed like it was necessary to be there. Like I understood why it was there, yeah. but it also was the least interesting thing yeah. that she had done. Yeah, I would. I would agree. And then it was not in English either. <laughs> no. Which I, which I kind of liked. Uh, which was, I mean, like, which is... is we is, speak English. American. 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 Okay. <laughs> no, it just was, it was more like, for me, I was like, well, the other thing with it, too, is, like, if I'm, if I'm leaning into enjoying the lyrics of the song, I'm not going to understand. Yeah, so, like... That was a joke, mm. by the way. But it did, it did feel very much like a, <laughs> a bridge. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And from that easy, mm-hmm. easy default. But not in a bridge, like... A bridge where, too far. Where, no, where like I'm thinking of like Chromatica. Yeah, they, where yeah. Those, those those were work. really those worked really really well. Arguably, right? some of the best parts of the album. But they were yeah. also very. I think the thing with this bridge was, I wasn't sure. Like a lot of the album, I wasn't sure if it was a song ending or just beginning. Whereas like the Chromatica bridges oh, were yeah, very clearly, you, you knew right. exactly what they were, yeah. and they came with like a lot of like pizzazz at you. Right, 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 right. I mean, honey, that interlude into 911, I mean, come on. (laughs) So, I mean, the gays talk about that. I mean, still, it's going to be in history class. Yeah. Um, LGBTQIA history. Do you remember when I was feet away from her at Wrigley Field? Feet. Feet. 50 feet. Yeah, so you could hear her sing Shallow more. Great. No, she sang Born This Way there too. And always remember us this way. Uh, And I was closer than any of you. Okay, word. Bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was in the bathroom. I abandoned them. We we actually did go, didn't we, at that point? Yeah, we got a drink. Yeah, we did. We got a drink. Um, And merch. And speaking of Babylon, thank you. Come on, girl. Come on. Um, We have one last section. Oh, that's right. And um, that is... Eric was briefed. The single obsession of the week. What's that's that right. song that's been an earworm? Not on the album, but just kind of like been bopping to all mm. week. Okay, I'm going to go first. So <laughs> as you mentioned earlier, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's album came out. Uh, they're a very uh, important group to me, formative. I remember seeing their lead single music video on the Walmart TVs when I was in probably third grade. Um but yeah, so I listened to the album, I enjoyed it, and one song that stuck with me is the song Different Today. It's quite good. Love it. We love. Yeah. We Eric? Um, I guess probably getting us ready for Atlanta Pride. I've been in like a kind of circuity. Sure. <laughs> oh, circuit. Shocker. Yeah. Um, and I've been listening to Cascades Take Me High. Oh. Well, that there you go. Which is very in theme with hopefully the weekend. Oh, speaking of, I think I'm going to go see Purple Disco Machine Friday in Atlanta. 
They're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not part of Pride, but it's yeah. like next to some of the venues. Oh, don't you? Who gives three fucks? Yeah, I'm don't go. be a part of Pride. Well, I'm you can't take be, your shirt off. Yeah, you can. <laughs> well, did you, no. see, did you see gays at Rufus the Soul? Honey. Yeah, but that we was have, Minneapolis, not the Confederate we've, South. We've gotten some intel about this certain venue mm-hmm. called The District in Atlanta, and no. apparently they're very uh, tisk tisk about shirt removal. We'll, Things are different we'll below test. the Mason Dixon. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll That's just. Right. Um, we'll test the theory, though. We're like we're one of those like tank tops where it like goes down to your belly button like that's how low the the shirt goes. It's yeah. just it's two strings. <laughs> Do that and okay, see what they sure, say. You sure. know, see what they say. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? What's yours? Yeah. So um, one of the albums that kind of slipped us by. I think it's because um, there were many other there albums. There was a lot. There was um, a lot. Marcus Mumford's self-titled album. The first mm-hmm. couple times I listened to, it, I was like, I don't know. And now I'm like really enjoying it. And there's a song called uh, Dangerous Game featuring, I think it's Clearo. And it is, it's it's a great album. I think it's like, yeah. And the song's I really was, good. And I was I, so sure you were going to say Dangerous Woman. I wish Dangerous Woman. <laughs> Dangerous Game. Yeah. Isn't it's, that about his wife, Carrie Mulligan? Man, man, oh, I didn't, man, I didn't put the two together. Man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Long story short, it's a great album, um, and that song is the song I'm using as my single obsession to talk about the album. Hot. Ah. We love it. Love all right. It. Well, we did it. Wow. So, Eric, after all this time, how does it feel? To be on the pod. Yeah. To be on the pod. It feels great. I've been waiting a long time for the right album, and do I, think we have I, I think to, I've waited. Do we have to give him a mug? We, I mean, we have to. I think right. we but have you can, you those can, You can give him a mug. All right, I'll give yeah, him a mug. You can give him a mug. Yeah, it's nice to be acknowledged. Like, I was worried that you were kind of trying to keep me from Yeah, so this was <laughs> a great episode. <laughs> you cannot find Eric anywhere. Do not find him on socials. That's right. <laughs> oh, Unfind- he would hate that. He's so anti-social media. <laughs> he hates it. Hate yeah. it. But I mean, it, honestly, you can find him reading the New York Times or, you know, any sort of online publication. That's where you he can really find does. Him. You, yeah. you, you can find him in the comment section on, on, mm-hmm. on different posts. It's important right. to be literate. It is. It really yeah. is. Some say. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Eric, for being on the podcast. Simon, I know <laughs> we can't find Eric anywhere, but we That's can right. find you. Where can we find you? You can find me at The Realist Simon. Uh, and if you want to follow my little bit of this, little bit of that, playlist on Spotify it's I love this playlist how about oh, you yeah, how about yeah. so you can find me um, it's I actually changed my handle it's at the underscore great underscore north underscore land nice good to oh, switch that's it me. Uh, <laughs> um, nothing that's by this that's, one um, well, I had to think of people always keep asking me what do what, Aaron what do you look like and you know yeah that's, and you're that's like, my true you're profile. Like, I'm hey, about... you could do a lot worse than Aaron, that. <laughs> Aaron's like, you know, I'm about 6'3", really I've broad been ashamed, shoulders. I've been ashamed of my body ben, for years, but I'm finally posting. Then compared to You'll find a lot of before. a lot of photos fully covered. Fully covered. That's yeah. right. His mother, um, famously named Candy, loves to remind us before a trip, uh, no shirtless pictures, don't post them. Do not post do them. Do not post. Yeah. Because employers could see. And then she says, what if I posted shirtless photos? And you have to say, no one would know. You have to say, good point. Good point. If a tree falls in a a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? 
Who's to say? Candy, candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story of the topless photos <laughs> can't get reported if no one sees it. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> what a blast! What a blast! What a kooky journey this was. So fun. So fun. Um, okay, well, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.